Trust in God and God will make your path straight and in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. This parable that we read today is the final part of a trilogy of parables. And just to recap, because I know that we're drifting in every week, one week you've got me and one week you've got Prashant, so just so that you know what page I'm on, just to um, recap a couple of ideas. In Matthew 21, verses 28 to 32, we deal with the idea of who can actually uh, go into the kingdom of heaven. Is it those people that hear the word and kind of act really late and it changes them in a later stage? Or those people that hear the word and say, I'm going to do it, but then do nothing? And we find in that sense that when you hear the word of God and it takes you a while to let it ruminate in you and finally you allow Jesus to convict you, you're the one that has access to the kingdom of heaven. It's not by saying that you are going to listen to the gospel, it's by saying and doing that you enter into the, God, into the kingdom of heaven. One's intentions for the future have more power to shape the life moving forward than the experiences in the past. In the second part of the trilogy, Matthew 21 verses 33 to 46, we see the rejection of Jesus means the rejection of the Messiah. We need to accept Jesus as the Messiah. We need to know that Jesus is the one by whose blood we are redeemed. And so those that reject Jesus cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And now in this third part, we come to the idea of looking at what is our response. We need to respond to the call of the Messiah. If Jesus has come to do a messianic mission to to release the kingdom into the earth and he is the Messiah, what is our particular response? The Jewish people were repeatedly invited by God and they were constantly called to enter his glory. But they had a history of rejecting his call. We see that in the reading from Exodus today. They even, following their movement into Um, the the promised land they even destroyed messengers who brought them the invitation the prophets and the messengers were all marginalized and weren't listened to in this parable God acts to turn away from the from the Jewish in-group to invite the Gentiles those that were the strangers those that were considered by the chosen chosen people as being outside of God's reach Because in Exodus and in the Old Testament, they were never really part of the calling. But that's where God goes. If you are called and you don't respond, God will find other people to hear his calling and they will be chosen. We are part of those that are called. And the final part of the reading relates to our response to God's gracious call. In the parable, we can see that There was one who was called that was not wearing the garments, the wedding garments, and was kicked out of the gathering. The wedding garment is symbolic of a totally new mode of existence. The man sat at the wedding banquet, but his heart was not with them because he wore the soiled garments that he had brought with him. You see, in this parable, the the thing that God is sharing with us is that as we enter the king as we enter the wedding banquet as we participate in the feast not only do we participate in it but God gives us the robes to wear God allows the robes that we wear to be washed in the blood of Jesus 
and those robes shine and are pure and are not tattered and are not, and are not carrying uh, any dirt on them. They shine like the sun himself. The soiled garments of these guests were an insult to the host, especially since God's grace was, the wedding, was provided in the uh, wedding um, invitation. And that invitation is seen in the book of Revelation, where we see the actual, though, where we actually see the passages that talk about those, the white-robed army, the ones that are in their white robes. We are called out of our darkness. We are called out of being in a state of being lost to return to God. I was in preparing for this, one of the things that really stood out to me as I read all the readings was Psalm 106. Israel exchanged God's glory for an ox that eats hay. As they were waiting for Moses to come and they were sitting with God's glory that had brought them all the way out of Egypt, they waited for Moses, but in that moment, they exchanged God's glory for an ox that eats hay. I sat with that thought and it just seemed to be a moment of, you know, a nuclear bomb just went off in my head, reminding me of this person that came with their robes. What was going on for them? Why didn't they accept the robes that God had given them? And so I thought about my life at different times and I reflected on where I have been at different times. And sometimes to think that I'm even worthy of wearing God's robe, it's, it, 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 it gives me anxiety. It makes me think, Lord, am I really worthy to wear that? I have my robes and I'm very comfortable in them. And as tattered and as awful as they are, I'm happy in them. But what am I exchanging in that? The robes that I wear are tattered because of anger, worry, anxiety, because of my self-righteousness, because of the times that I've lauded it over others. The tattered robes are not a sign of brokenness. They're a sign of the things that I did to break myself. So I can't actually walk into this wedding banquet carrying the things that I have turned on myself or on others and walk into this banquet wearing a sign that says, I did all this and now I'm going to come into this new existence with God. Can't happen. So where the Israelites turned, exchanged the glory of God for an ox that eats hay, in, in my earlier years I exchanged my anger and my um, worry and anxiety and all the things that I was carrying... I exchanged God's glory to stay in that space. And when I stayed in that space, no one benefited. I didn't benefit. I didn't become freer or live my life with God any closer. Those people around me, yes, I had friends and all that, but you know, I wasn't treating them very well at different times. And so what this shows me today, this reading really spoke to me in terms of that statement from Psalms, is that we are worthy. God has made us worthy. God has said, I love you so much. I know every hair on your head and we've read all those passages that tell us how God knows us. And I have sent my only son to die for you, to die for you, so that you can enter eternal life. 
So if the, uni- if the master of the universe, the person that created all the heavens and the stars in them, knows you and sent his son to die for you, for me, then we have to know that we're worthy. And if we are worthy, if God says we're worthy, then the robe that he gives us, the new life that he gives us, has to be worn. We have to step in it. No matter how unworthy we think we are, we have to make the decision to accept it, to accept Jesus' absurdly generous gift of grace that brings life to us. We cannot exchange God's glory for whatever is holding us back. And so as I thought about the passage today, I thought, well, maybe just to have a moment now as, we, as I speak, to, I'll just ask these questions slowly. What, if anything, have you exchanged for God's glory? If we have the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are not worry, anxiety, self-righteousness, lording it over, telling us how great you are. The fruits of the Holy Spirit are kindness, compassion, as we sang, all the things that we need to share in our community. Have you robed yourself in a way that allows the fruits of the Holy Spirit to be evident in each and every situation that you are part of? When I think of my tattered robes, I'm very comfortable doing things in my own power because I can kind of, I can think of, well, if I do this, the outcome will be this and I can kind of control everything in the middle. When we hand over to God and we wear God's robe, we stop doing things in our own power and sometimes the journey isn't quite as simple, is it? Sometimes we don't know what the outcome of God's presence in our life will be. Our Lord is a Lord of surprises. And gee, I'll tell you, I've been surprised in my life. Some, some of the biggest surprises I've had have been this year about how generous and loving God is. So, do you continue to do things in your own power? Do you wear that robe? Or do you wear the robe that says, I'm going to step out in faith and love God and allow the power of God to sustain me and nurture me? And have faith that the outcome will always be something that is for my highest good. In baptism, we die to the world so that Christ can live in us. Can I encourage you to keep returning to the gospel so that you can know how Jesus can live in the world through you, through everything that you do? And know, even when you are not feeling very Christ-like in the moment, that we're not exchanging the glory of God for our comfort or for our tattered robes, but we are constantly striving to allow the glory of God to maintain our life. And we're not called to be perfect. We are not perfect. There's one perfect human, and that was Jesus. But we are called to make the glory of God a priority in our life. And where we know that we have sinned, we are called to repent and return back to the gospel. So I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to pray and and stay strong in those prayers. 
I encourage you to, to seek the promptings of God and not let arguments and agitation and negativity wear you down. But I ask you to see that the road sustains you and nurtures you and keeps you safe in your journey. Where God prompts you, follow that prompting with all your heart. Because I know when I've been prompted and not followed God's prompting, the life that I've lived outside of the glory of God has been far less than it could have been. Because I know when I stepped into the glory of God and lived his life, the richness, the joy, the, the absolute amazing things that have happened have, been, have blown me away. And most of those things have only been in the last eight years because for 30 odd years I was fighting God and telling him I was going to stay outside of his glory. So what is it for you ultimately that you exchange the glory of God? What is the ox that eats hay in your life? What is it that stops you being robed in the robe that has been washed by the blood of Jesus? I ask you to think about that. I ask you to pray about that this week. And where you might have a prompting, please come and talk to me. Ring me. People have got my numbers. I'm constantly praying for all of you and, and keeping you in my prayers, hoping that, that the Holy Spirit surrounds and nurtures you and sustains you in everything that you do. But we have our fellowship and we have the people around us to workshop this and to, to help us to move forward in, in Jesus Christ. We will have our eternal reward. Jesus is clear about that. But we won't have it if we stay outside the gospel and we are not moved to act with the robe that God gives us, but we hold on to the tattered, soiled robe that we have. Can I encourage you not to allow the meaning of your baptism to lapse? We are called to rise in God. Let's make sure that we don't just run the race, but finish it by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you.